Chapter 3 Tim's head slammed against his apartment door, searched his pocket for the key. He let himself in, kicked the door shut and fell onto the sofa, staring up at the ceiling. He was exhausted, fit only for sleep. Sleep and tears, it seemed, but sleep would come first. He was wrong. His eyes were moist. He felt tears rise in his ducts, then, unable to stop it or want to, he felt the water swell up, fall out of his eye sockets and run down his cheek like raindrops. It felt odd, almost itchy. They stung, but also felt good, relieving. Before long, tears rolled down the sides of his face, into his ears and down his neck. His collar soaked them up. He'd never experienced so many before, not since he was a child. Fighting hard to stop them, he choked them back in order just to breathe, but he couldn't stop them coming. This was a joke. Where was it all coming from? The emotions, the feelings. He'd seen people cry before, witnessed men as hard as steel falling into a sobbing heap at the news of a loved one's death. Hell, he had seen pretty much everything before, but never experienced it himself. This was all new. This was shock. It had to be. He tried to make logical sense of an illogical situation. The phone rang, ripping him from his own private, tear-filled hell. He emerged into reality with a hard thump, absent-mindedly reaching over to pick up the phone. Tim? A familiar female voice asked. Are you okay? It was Jane. He whimpered, unable to speak. Dale called me. Is something wrong? Are you alright? Her voice hurried with each word. She was more than just concerned. She was scared. Still, he didn't speak. Somehow the tears had removed all feeling of normality in his throat and nothing would emerge short of more choking. Okay, now I'm officially frightened. I'm coming over. The line disconnected while he sat with his phone in his hand, listening to the dial tone beeping. Finally, he replaced it on its cradle. Minutes passed as he listened to the rhythmic sound of his own breathing, the hypnotic noise comforting him into slumber. He drifted off, allowing his head to fall backwards against the sofa. All you need to remember is that Mummy and Daddy will always love you. That was what he held on to. It wasn't much. Mummy loves me, and Daddy said he did too. But he didn't even say goodbye. Was I bad? Did I do something wrong, Grandma? Was that why he left? Abrupt thumping landed on the apartment door, wrenching him away from his grandmother's comforting grasp. He struggled for breath, his heart pounding. Tim, open up, it's me, Jane. He sat still, the coldness of his situation covered his face like a plastic bag, removing all traces of oxygen, rendering him unable to breathe. He tried to swallow, but he couldn't move. Somehow, emotional paralysis had overcome him. Tim, she shouted again this time banging the door with both fists. He tried to answer, but he couldn't. Then he began to tremble. Surely that was a good sign, at least his body wasn't motionless any longer, he thought. Tim! she yelled. She continued banging until finally the door flew open and she stopped to take in the darkness. She felt for the light and switched it on. The brightness shone in the room like a beacon. There in front of her was the pale image of the man she'd fallen in love with. His eyes were red and swollen, and he stared straight through her. Tim! She gasped, running to him. What's going on? His whole body trembled as his breathing grew rapid. She took his hand and felt the perspiration on his skin. 
He smelled of vomit. She winced. What the hell happened to you? Grabbing the phone, she called Dale. Within 45 minutes, Team Angel lay on a gurney, flying through the corridors of Mass General with an oxygen mask covering his nose and mouth. Jane Murray ran along one side, Dale the other. The nurse pushed the bed and another pulled it. Every so often, Jane appeared to morph into the image of his grandmother. He wanted to go to her, but she smiled, telling him to go back. Then his mother made an appearance. From the little he recalled of her, she was a pretty woman with fair hair and a soft, inviting face. Not yet, Timmy. She took his hand. You've too much to do yet. Go back, darling. Mummy will be waiting when it's time. We're losing him, the nurse yelled as Tim's eyes rolled backwards. She hoisted herself onto the bed, straddling him, pumping at his chest with her fists, administering CPR. His mother disappeared and his grandmother returned. Timmy, listen to me. He did, because he always did. She was as near to her mother as he could remember all through his teenage years and into his twenties. He went to her for advice, he went to her for chats, he went to her full stop. Her word was gospel, and if nothing else, Tim Angel was obedient. Tim, she went on, I didn't raise you to be a disobedient boy. Your mother is right, you've too much to do yet, go back. She frowned. She was serious, of that he had no doubt. He felt himself nodding. Don't disappoint me now. He moved his mouth to speak. But Dad's alive. He's trying to speak, Jane cried. She tried to move the mask, but the nurse pushed it back over his face. Make your peace, his grandmother ordered. You and he have a lot to talk about. Do me proud, Timmy. Listen to him. She smiled as she morphed back into Jane. Later, he lay quietly in a room filled with machines for companionship. Machines that beeped too loudly for his ears. He opened his eyes and felt instant relief that he could breathe easily again. He was aware there was no mask on his face. That was a very good sign. He listened to the quiet. Alone at last, he congratulated himself. But where exactly? He turned his head, taking in the surroundings. It wasn't his apartment. Wasn't he in Quincy Market a minute ago? Was this heaven? Did he die? If so, then where was his mother, grandma and grandpa? They were here a moment ago, ordering him to go back, but go back where? He was confused. Then it was quiet again and he drifted. Somebody touched his hands and his eyes flew open. You feeling better today? A black man in a white jacket asked softly. Just relax, I'm just going to check your chart. Get some sleep, it's late. He left the room, leaving Tim alone for what seemed like moments until a soft female voice woke him. He opened his eyes and saw a beautiful woman smiling. Her chin crinkled and she cried. Tim smiled. He knew her. It was Jane. Thank God you're okay, I was so worried. She said in little more than a whisper, You're in hospital, you know that, right? She covered her mouth, hoping to shield her upset from him, but it was too obvious. He looked like a young boy lying there beneath the covers, vulnerable and innocent. An IV tube ran from the stand next to his bed, into his hand, and his heart wanted to check his vitals. Tim watched her, watching him, and he felt powerless. He wanted to hold her, comfort her, but he was weak, and moving his arms felt like lifting lead weights. It would just be a matter of time until he was back to his old self, he knew. Slowly, Behind her, a man appeared as if he'd been deliberately hiding. His face was familiar too. Hey man, you do that again and I will personally come over there and kick your ass. You got that? 
Redfern and the others say hi, by the way. They told me to tell you to get your butt back in the department and stop fooling around. Tim nodded, realising it was Dale. He's going to come by later. Make sure you really are sick, he sniggered, making light of the situation. Dale's going to take me home, Jane nodded, wiping her eyes and trying to force a smile. They tried to send us home before, but I just couldn't leave. You've slept for a whole day. You had some kind of accident, do you remember? She went on, attempting to piece together what had happened, as much for her own sake as anybody else's. It's pretty late now. The nurses say we can come back in the morning. She tipped her head towards Dale's chest as he held her close. The dark rings under her eyes told him she was obviously in need of rest. Don't you worry, I'll take good care of your girl. He winked, goading him, trying to get a response. You just concentrate on getting better. Tim lifted his hand. Better make sure that's all you do with her, he said softly, giving Dale the response he wanted. What the hell happened to me? Crazy thing, Dale explained. They think you had the panic attack from hell. Panic attack? I don't get panic attacks. He looked down at the tabs on his chest and queried them. Why am I hooked up to a heart monitor if all I had was a panic attack? Dow shrugged. Do I look like a doctor? It got pretty serious from what I saw. Maybe you're losing your touch. A quick flick of his eyebrows tried to secure a comeback. He didn't get one. Seriously, those things happen to old ladies, don't they? Dale nodded furiously. Yeah, they do. Imagine my shock. I'm teamed up with an old lady. Kind of hits my tough guy image right between the eyes. Jane sniffed back her tears. Don't tease him, Dale. He's sick. They said your heart stopped. He's fine, Dale grinned. He's been through worse. They don't know yet what pulled it on, Jane continued. Can you remember anything? You were working. You went to the coffee machine. Then you went nuts, Dale said, helping nobody. My advice is stay away from that coffee. Got to hand it to you, though, Tim. When you go nuts, you really go nuts. Talk about still waters. Tim stared at his partner for a moment, trying to recall the events leading up to now. It was unclear, to say the least. He recalled sitting opposite Dale and getting a cup of coffee. Then he winced as he remembered throwing up in a trash can in Quincy Market. His mouth still tasted bitter. Then he remembered seeing his grandmother and his mother. He felt warm at the thought. Then he opened his eyes and here he was. It's all a bit fuzzy, he admitted. I feel okay. He wasn't lying, he did feel okay. Not okay enough to work, he still felt fragile, if he was truthful. But then he did lose yesterday's lunch to a trash can. Dale punched his arm. Be back at work in no time. But he'll be off for a few days at least, Jane hoped. Surely the precinct will allow him time to recover from whatever happened. Dale didn't answer her. Redfern wants to talk to you. I'll bet. He thinks you're trying to swing a couple of days vacation. I told him he should promote you for thinking creatively, but you know how he gets. Get some sleep. We'll be back in the morning, Jane promised. She leaned in and kissed him, a scent wafted under his nose, reminding him why he loved her. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't go anywhere, Dale ordered, extending his index finger. I want my partner back soon. But in the meantime, remember this. I've got the girl. He raised his eyebrows several times, emphasising the point. As they left, Tim caught sight of the clock on the wall outside. It was almost 11.30 at night. The blinds in his room were closed. Had he not seen the clock, he wouldn't have known what time of day or night it was. The single lamp behind his bed was all that illuminated the room. The door swung shut and he fell into slumber.